Here we are, another Locked On NFL. Brian Peacock here alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. We are taking you around the league here on the Locked On Podcast Network Daily. We've got some news to get into today, and then John Kegley, one of the hosts of Locked On Chargers, is going to join us to talk Melvin Gordon holdout and the fallout from the Derwin James injury and the expectations for the Chargers in 2019. There was also very rusty quarterback play for the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo in his first action of 2019 coming off an ACL. So we'll get into all of that. And I do want to remind everybody to subscribe, rate, review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find this program everywhere. Tell a friend about the show. Let them know that their team is covered here on the network. You can follow me on Twitter at Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. Matt, what's happening, my man? Not a lot, man. How you doing? Doing well. Everyone in, in this neck of the woods a little bit worried about what they saw Monday Night Football Ooh. and Jimmy Garoppolo in that 49ers first offense. Uh, not great. Not great. Um, you hear this, boy, he threw five consecutive interceptions in practice, and I immediately said, who cares? It's practice. You know, I mean, it felt like Allen Iverson. I'm like, I don't care about that. I'm a Jimmy fan. It's no big deal. We'll see him Monday night. You know, it's first time he's going to play in a live game for about a year. Boy, he looked bad, though. I mean, it's not time to overreact, but I bet the Bay Area is concerned, and they sh- I guess they should be concerned. Kyle Shanahan on a conference call with the reporters today said, you know, you can't overreact. It was literally 10 snaps, and that's how many <laughs> snaps he took. And I, and I think, you know, that's a good point. Uh, but at, at the same time, we're getting close to the season, and he's probably penciled in to maybe play the first half. So the question becomes for me, is Jimmy Garoppolo, based on what we saw in that game, is Jimmy Garoppolo ready to play high-level football after two more quarters? Because that's all he's going to get before the season starts. Right, and that's a great point. Who knows? It's a really fine line and a balancing act this time of year of keeping everybody healthy but also getting them at least some snaps. And more and more I've been leaning on, well, if you're, quote, a little rusty in week one, so be it. Stay healthy. So it's not like I'd play Jimmy a whole heck of a lot. But Niners fans, believe it or not, I bet Steve Young and Joe Montana started a game with their first 10 throws not looking so great. Right, exactly. (laughs) Maybe I mean, maybe he was one for six, zero yards. The only completion was his last throw, which was a screen pass to the running back that went for no gain. A 0.0 passer rating. Uh, it's pretty much, I mean, and, and an interception. Should have thrown a pick or two. Yeah, yeah so right. He, he, he connected to the other team once, connected to his own team once. I think Shanahan wanted to get him only two series. He had to go up there for three series because it was so inept the first couple, and they weren't able to move the ball and get anything going. And part of it was, and I got to shout out to uh, Bradley Chubb, who's looking like a monster and beat Joe Staley a couple times, once to the inside, once to the outside. And Vic Fangio's led some of the best defenses we've seen over the last 10 years, first in San Francisco, then in Chicago. And he's got a nice he's got a nice pass rush to start with with this Denver defense. Yeah, I mean, Chubb does look really, really good. I thought he finished his rookie season really strong. He's a little I mean, him and Miller are obviously a very formidable pair, but he's a little more physical, stouter, more traditional four three D end where Miller's going to be more the weak side guy. And, boy, that's a nice compliment for sure. And now we're talking Denver. I just want to throw one thing out there, too. I was impressed with Drew Locke. I thought Drew Locke handled himself pretty darn well, too. So that was a a good turn of events. I don't think he's close to being ready, but this was, you know, a good turn of events. And it turns out 
he it doesn't matter if he's ready because he got injured in that game and it looks like he's going to miss some time so they got to figure out what they're going to do mm-hmm. a backup quarterback i don't think i think Locke was going to be the number three guy anyway so uh, yeah, like, i don't know that he'd be active on game day right so kevin hogan's locked into that backup quarterback job and maybe unless they like brett rippon and i liked brett rippon coming out so maybe they'll have to maybe they'll put lock on ir and try to stash brett rippon at the same time that might be a slick move i mean especially if you look at it like Man, we weren't going to play Locke at all this year anyway. But I think when it comes Thanksgiving time or so and their season's not going quite as well as planned, you might want to see Locke for those last couple games at least just to get some kind of evaluation on him. Absolutely. Matt, let's take a quick break here and come back talk Chargers with John Kegley. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about our new sponsor, DoorDash. If you have a long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office, treat yourself to a meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. And folks, I don't know. I've told you this before, but I host a Steelers uh, radio show from four to six every day. My wife works. It's awful hard for us to get dinners you know, in our kids' stomachs. So I use DoorDash all the time now. I mean, it's just so convenient. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. It's very easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Sounds pretty simple, right? Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are 3,400,000 3, restaurants in 3,300 cities. So let me repeat that. Three. 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might just find a new favorite restaurant too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states, including Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. So right now, our listeners get five bucks off their first order of $15 or more. When you do- download the DoorDash app and enter our promo code Locked On, all one word, that's $5 off your first order. When you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Locked On. Don't forget, that's promo code Locked On, all caps, all one word, for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right, our guest today, one of the hosts of Locked On Chargers, this is John Kegley. We're going to get into everything going on in Charger land. A little bit of bad news, and today some breaking news. John, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, you bet. And it looks like an old familiar face is going to come back to the Chargers, wide receiver Dontrell Inman. Yes, according to a source reported by uh, Ian Rapport, the Jets and the Chargers both offered a deal to Dontrell Inman, but being able to play with Phillip Rivers was the deciding factor for Dontrell Inman, so he's going to be coming back to where he started. That's a nice pickup. I mean, I was kind of shocked he was let go. I mean, I'm not saying he's a superstar, but if he's your fourth receiver, you could do a lot worse. We could do a lot worse, but we also have a guy that Rivers has worked with, and we don't have Tyrell Williams no more. So it's a, mm-hmm. in my mind, it's a better pickup than having Jeremy Davis or Artavis Scott or Andre Patton, who are the top three guys right now to take that fourth wide receiver spot. I'd rather have Inman be that fourth guy and let those three guys fight for the last wide receiver spot on the roster. Yeah, I'm with you. Totally. Really the biggest downer, and it even hurts me. I'm not a Chargers guy. I don't cover the Chargers. 
But Derwin James is such a fun player to watch, and it's going to be a bummer not seeing him out there this year. The prognosis is, I believe, three months. Are they staying firm with that since he's had his surgery? What's the outlook like, and what's the vibe around the team? Yeah, it's still three to four months. Uh, Apparently, he had a screw in his foot that he got back in high school, and the screw bent. And in his foot, so they taking that out was a really hard thing. So that's why the surgery is a three to four month recovery time. But uh, the vibe around the team is basically what it's always been: next man up. Let's get the next guy up. It sucks that Drummond's not there, but we got a game to win. It's just like with Melvin Gordon's issue. That's we're not worried about Melvin Gordon. We're worried about the three running backs behind him, the next man up. But it's going to be really tough to replace Drummond. I think you can maybe replace the production of Melvin Gordon by using more than one running back. But there's no way you're going to replace Derwin James's production. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to Gordon here in a moment. But, I mean, James was a heartbreaker, like you guys said. I'm glad it happened this early, so maybe he is around at the end of the year or playoff time. I mean, it's not a total wash for the season, possibly. I mean, if I was starting the team with any safety, that would be my pick. I mean, I think he's already amongst the best safeties in the league. But, John, do you agree you pick up Thomas Davis and you draft Nasir Adderley. James is kind of a mix of those two guys. I think those additions makes his subtraction a little more palatable. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, the, Derwin James is a combination of those two guys, but Nasir Adderley is always hurt with hamstring issues. He hurt it during the, his pro day, and now he's hurt it again during training camp, and he has yet to even get a snap in preseason. So. Mm-hmm. Even though talent might be there, the health isn't there. Thomas Davis is just a more, more of a linebacker kind of thing. So as fast as Thomas Davis has shown during practice, he's been keeping up the speed with a lot of guys. I think it was Cooper Cup, I think it was, during the Rams uh, joint practice. He ran stride for stride with him to cover a route. But I don't think Thomas Davis is going to be stride for stride with Tyreek Hill or someone like that, like Derwin James could. I think that's where you got to draw the line of how impactful Derwin James can be. But you also need Thomas Davis to be a linebacker. You can't rely on him to be a safety. And The safety position is what's been haunting the Chargers the past few years. Somebody is messing up at safety, whether it was Jaleel Adai, whether it was Trey Boston not tackling, whatever it was, ever since Eric Weddle left, we've always had that void at safety. So Derwin James literally left a big void. And you can try and fill it with some other type of player, but what he did last year was a big difference on this team because it allowed us to actually get pass rush. Yeah, with the, speaking of, yeah. I'm sorry, Brian, I'll throw one thing out here. Yeah, speaking ahead. of pass rush, though, I think Bosa might lead the league in sacks this year. Like, I really think he's that type of player, and I'm not sure that our my audience knows how good he is and will be. Ingram's great, and, man, Jerry Tillery's pretty darn good, too. Well, Tillery looked really good yeah. in his first preseason game. He showed a lot of good hand movement, a lot of good technique, a lot of power really fast off the ball. There's a guy we were looking at at Cortez Broughton that we were talking about before the draft and he ended up being picked seventh that we were saying could be that kind of guy that gets through a gap but was getting – he looked slow off the ball his first game, better second game. Tillery's first game wasn't even that kind of situation. He was already hike in the backfield. He mm-hmm. didn't play that many, that many plays, so that right there should tell you that what they saw was something that they liked. They saw what they like, and it's time to get you out of there before you get hurt. You're just coming out off of shoulder surgery. But I am I was impressed. Chris Jones feel, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I love what the Chargers can do in that nickel front, too, and you can just bring everybody. You've got Tillery, you've got Bosa and Melvin Ingram that you could move around. You've got Uchenna Nuosu, too, that I like. They can get after the quarterback that you could come off the edge and really just put that, uh, what I guess it was the uh, New York Giants used to call it the, the NASCAR package, right, where they basically had four defensive mm-hmm. ends rushing the quarterback in nickel, and it won them a Super Bowl. And I, I love seeing that kind of uh, ability and that kind of flexibility from a defensive front, and that could definitely help you know, patch some things up from the back end if you're putting that kind of pressure on the quarterback. Well, you brought up the Giants because they were the one that called that the NASCAR package, and it helped them beat the Patriots, which is the team that we struggle to get by every time. The way to beat Brady is to have four linemen that can rush the passers so that you can have everybody else back in coverage. And if you if you have to send that one guy to blitz or something and you have to leave a little hole somewhere, Brady's going to find that hole. So having four guys that are defensive end type but not nose tackle type helps a lot with the pl- when the playoffs come around. And the fact that we drafted some guys that are speedy little guys, like you mentioned, you shouldn't know Osu, but we also got Drew Tranquil this year who's looked like a guy that could fly all over the field. He's been in many different spots. Kazir White and Uchen have been all over the field during preseason. Those guys are young linebackers that are actually those uh, – the mix of a safety and a linebacker into one and they're flying all over the field making plays. So if you could just get four guys to rush and maybe a fifth guy, if you can get Tranquil, Uchenna and Kaiser all on the field at the same time during playoffs and not get hurt. Cause two of those guys were hurt last year. If you get all those guys on the field. You're creating a whole new type of defense for us when we play the Patriots. I'm glad you brought up white and tranquil reports have been really strong on both young guys you mentioned it. They're speed linebackers. They're built for today's NFL. Uh, what I've seen from the games, they've been impressive as well. And I mentioned Thomas Davis before. He's a great role model, you know, mentor for those type of guys too. He is. We need that type of person on this team, which I think is why they went after him. Mm-hmm. He may be up there in age, but he's still really productive. But he could teach these young linebackers. Last year during the playoffs, we had no linebackers against the Ravens. We had so many safeties out on the field to play against the Ravens that we, you couldn't do that against the Patriots. Once the Patriots showed, they were like, oh, this will be easy. These guys are just small little speed guys. We'll just run them over with our running game. you got to have a linebacker at some point. And getting those young guys and having a veteran that could teach them was a smart move in my mind by Telesco. Along those lines, John, I know everybody – Praise the Chargers. They had the, the the total answer for this Ravens running game. Just put a million defensive backs on the field. And I was kind of like, well, I think they have a million defensive backs on the field because they don't have any linebackers. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like it was this brilliant move as much as I thought they saw the Ravens for a second time, which was very valuable, and their defensive backs are good players. But they, were, they had that many defensive backs on the field because they didn't have any linebackers. Yeah, I think it was a mixture of both. Um, as far as having all the defensive backs on the field, it wasn't a, hey, I got an idea, let's do this. It was more of, this is what I have. I got to put it on the field because guys like Nick DeZutner aren't going to be making plays. For me, it's got to be these safeties. But the play calling that uh, Gus Bradley made up for that game against the Ravens was absolutely genius. He had a way to use everybody he had to their strength and stop the Ravens' offense. The first game, I against the Ravens, I personally thought we still did pretty well defensively, but guys like Jalila Dye don't know how to make their keep their guy in front of them, and they got that one long touchdown that made the difference in the game. I personally think if it wasn't for that, no one would be talking about how 
we adjusted to the Ravens, and we basically did the same thing just without linebackers. We're talking with John Kegley of Locked on Chargers, talking a lot about the defensive side of the ball here. John, I want to get to the offensive side of the ball after the break. Okay, big time holdout. There's got to be something done in the CBA next time with the way running back contracts are done, and you're just seeing guys that are really fighting for that second big contract, and it's really maybe the only big contract they're going to get in the NFL. And so when you have a first-round running back that is under team control for four years, and then you get the fifth-year option, and then you've got franchise tag, uh, it's rough for that position, and I totally understand guys holding out, and they need to get paid, and they need to get into that second contract. But at the same time, for the team, it's like, does it matter that much? And you see the guys like Eckler, I really like what they have behind Melvin Gordon. Where, first of all, is this contract negotiation? And then how do you feel about the team if Gordon was out for an extended period of time? Well, the negotiation right now is the Chargers offered $10 million a year to Melvin Gordon. I don't know what, exactly what the... Uh, guaranteed money is but I know they offered him 10 million a year and he wants 13 million and I think that's a greedy move in my on my opinion I don't, don't think that he should be getting that extra 3 million a year because one he's not healthy on a consistent basis he always misses games last year when he was gone we were 4-0 without him and yeah his touchdown numbers are high which is what a lot of people are going to say they're going to say not many people have as many touchdowns as Gordon has the past three years but at the same time, most of those touchdowns were from inside the five because Rivers moved the ball down the field to get him those touchdowns. So it's not like he's LaDainian Tomlinson and make, breaking off 40 and 50-yard touchdown runs game in and game out. So $10 million, I think, is a perfect number, for, and I think he should take that. But he's staying in San Diego, practicing, just waiting on a call. He doesn't want to budge. So if you were to ask me my opinion on it and my feelings, I personally feel we should trade him. I think we should trade him to someone with an offensive lineman that's decent. I'm not going to say great. Just a decent one that's better than what we have because we don't really have a great offensive line. If you trade him for an offensive lineman who doesn't, who's decent, doesn't cost that much, and maybe some draft picks, you can improve your offensive line for Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, and whoever that third running back is going to be, whether it's the Trez Newsom or Tremaine Pope. And you can save some cap space by trading Gordon as well and go sign another offensive lineman somewhere off the streets that can improve that O-line. If you can improve the O-line, I think the offense will be just fine with those three backs. If he miss, if he has to play before week 10, if he misses week 10, then his contract moves over to next year, and I don't think he wants that. So I, could, I don't think he's going to miss the whole season. My quick thoughts on that, you said a lot of good stuff there, are 10 million's fair, 13's crazy, he's a good, very good player, not a $13 million a year type of running back. I bet in the end he ends up getting 11 and comes in and everybody's happy. I like your plan on trading him because I, I like Eckler a lot, and I'm a really big Justin Jackson believer. But outside of Tampa, I'm not sure who would want – I mean, who who's who needs a running back? I, I just don't know where the, the, the second one to tango in that dance would be. Well – there's guys like maybe the Bills because there's a lot of reports that LaShawn mm -hmm. McCoy isn't going to be with the team. That could be somebody. Uh, somebody's willing to get a big running back, someone that could be close. Even maybe the Patriots. I mean, yeah, they got Sony Michelle, but they like guys like that, and they'll they'll gladly take that one year that Melvin Gordon has and then tell him, hey, you're going to win a Super Bowl, then after that you can go get paid. That's basically Belichick's 
way of doing things. He grabs these all-star players, makes them play for low money, and then when they win the Super Bowl, they go get paid somewhere else and never produce again. I can see your point that not many people are going to want to go for that trade, but there's going to be somebody that wants it, especially guys like Buffalo, and you mentioned Tampa. So I think it's a chance to try it out. It's better than just letting him walk like we have with so many other guys in this Chargers history. We've had so many good guys that we just let walk into free agency instead of getting something, whether it's a fifth-round pick or a seventh-round pick, just get something back for this talent. When you look at the offensive line that's going to be blocking for whether it's Eckler, Jackson, or if Gordon does come back, and I'm totally with you, I would be trying to trade Gordon if I were the Chargers, and we'll see if that's the route they want to go. How is the line taking shape? I know there's the the Russell Okung injury. I believe he's still on the non-football injury list. And then uh, I have some questions about Forrest Lamp and wh- where's he at? And it looks like he's not even going to be a starting player for the Chargers, which is disappointing because he's a player I loved coming out of college. So what's the makeup of that offensive line looking like right now? Well, right now with Okun out with his blood clot uh, problems that he needs to heal up from before he can play, cause that's a life and death situation. That's not a, let's see if I can walk on it and deal with the pain situation. Uh, it's going to be Trent Scott at left tackle. They've shown Dan Feeney at left guard, but I've seen a lot of Forrest Lamp at left guard too. Pouncey is obviously your center. Schofield is your right guard, and Sam Tevy is the right tackle. I'm hoping they kick out Feeney and put Lamp at left guard. He's better than Feeney for sure. Feeney has not been productive the past few years. He's Sam been surprisingly Tevy, bad. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We, we had high <laughs> hopes for him. We had high do. hopes yeah. for him when he came out, and he's just been pushed around like a rag doll. His first NFL game, he got pushed three yards back against Denver, and they were able to block the game-tying field goal. So he then after that, he got a little bit better, and then he never got anything better than that. He basically hit his peak and went down. Tevi has been getting thrown around. I went to the joint practice against the Saints, and he was just getting pushed around everywhere by the Saints D-line. Same thing happened in the preseason game. I was at the game and had a good view of him. I, I watched him hold people, get pushed back. Tevi's just a train wreck. we got to find something else. That's why I want to trade Gordon and use that money to get another offensive lineman, maybe a right tackle, Jeremy Parnell or somebody like that. But Forrest Lamp is looked I don't I don't want to say he look he's looked great. He's not the guy we expect him to be yet. He probably moved moved back into that. It has been two years since he's played football. But he looks better than Feeney. He looks better than Tevy. He looks better than Schofield. I'd say he's the second, if not the third best offensive lineman on the team right now behind Okun for sure. And then it's do you think Pouncey or Lamp is better? That's the argument people can make. But I think Lamp's been doing fine. He's held his own so far. He's improving each game, each practice. John, a couple times throughout recently, I've even said when when everybody's healthy that I think the Chargers might have the best roster in the league. But the one thing I've been critical of them is they didn't do enough on the offensive line this offseason, and I'm fearing that it's going to come back to bite them. And to take it a step further, I wonder if you agree. If I could say, if I could wave a magic wand and you could either have a Coon or Gordon for the season, I'd much rather have a Coon. And to that, I say, amen, preach, my brother. <laughs> a Coon is definitely more valuable because yes. even if you have Gordon on the field, who's going to block for him and who's going to block for Rivers? You, I'd much rather have a Coon and another offensive lineman if you can get rid of Gordon. And I like that you brought that up because there's uh, some guys that like to talk about, well, Melvin has this, Melvin has this, and they go right. in his stats and stuff. It's like, yeah, well, 
Melvin had an okay offensive line that was healthy, just not that great when he was doing that. Now he's not going to have anybody. <laughs> so what's he going to do now? And I've honestly had some opinions that maybe Gordon could possibly start week one because maybe he's just trying to skip training camp to avoid injury or he's just going all the way to week 10 to save injury so that after this year he can go somewhere else and not lose money because of a knee injury or something like that like Earl Thomas did with the Seahawks last year. So there's stuff like that that is making me wonder if Gordon could come back. There's, but in the end, Okun is more valuable in my mind. But you, yeah, the offensive line is the thing holding this team back. If yeah. you were just to look at it on paper, everything is like the green light except for that offensive line. That's like the danger zone. You know, you got to like so, get a construction over there to put caution tape and fix it. That's we the drafted, big pothole in the highway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we drafted Trey Pipkins in the third round, which was absolutely horrible. I hated the pick. <laughs> it didn't make sense to me at all that you use a third round pick. The Chargers' third round woos are still happening, and he has not looked good at all in the preseason or in practice. In the, against the Cardinals, we actually we actually were sent a video by one of our listeners on Locked On Chargers that he took on TV of Trey Pipkins actually running past his assignment and his assignment ended up going in the backfield and making the tackle on the running back. And just seeing that just shows that he's far from what he's supposed to be. They call him a project, but I don't know. I feel like this is a five-year-old trying to make those giant science projects right now. I I didn't understand the pick at all. It just seemed like a desperate shot in the dark to find a tackle. You know, he should have addressed it earlier and should have addressed it with somebody a little more a little more pedigree. You could have got Bobby Evans in the later draft rounds. He went like fifth or sixth round, if I remember correctly, out of a – he was out of Oklahoma. Yeah, and I round. thought he was a pretty decent guy. I think he was mm-hmm. a, a hit-or-miss guy, not a project guy. I think you could have took a chance on him instead of Trey Pipkins. Yeah. Yeah, I like Bobby Evans too. Hey, John, thank you for the time. Real quick, uh, Philip Rivers, got to ask about him. There have been talks about how he's slowed down toward the end of seasons and – for someone like you who's watched him for a long period of time, how long do you think Philip Rivers has left, and do you think there is or should be a secession plan in place? Um, He said he wants to play in the new stadium, so I think for sure that's going to happen. So that's at least two years right there, and I think he might go for a third just to really take in the stadium, and then the next year be like his you know, goodbye year. He takes in the stadium one year, and then he actually just goes all out and says, this is it. If I don't get the Super Bowl and whatever, my career's done. And people say he slows down at the end of the year, but Rivers is the only one that's playing almost the whole entire year every single year. Everyone else is always injured, and he has to find a way to make it work. We played the Chiefs last year towards the end of the year, and he had Chris Jones in his face almost every single play because of our horrible offensive line, and somehow he was still making plays to guys off his back foot. So I don't think it's him slowing down. I think it's him losing his talent, but he somehow still makes plays later in the year. And you got to go with coaches, too. Like against the Patriots, we had the most predictable offensive game plan. And on defense, we ran zone the whole game. I mean, Brady's going to destroy you if you run zone. you got to run man at some point. We never did. So it was the, just the easiest game plan. Like, here, Patriots, please destroy us. So I don't, think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's Rivers alone. Yeah, he's had his moments where he just doesn't do good in the playoffs. But at the same time, his guys are getting hurt, too. So I think it's a mixture of things. I can't just put it all on Rivers. John, thank you so much for the time. Always a pleasure chatting with you. You guys can find him at Locked On Chargers on Twitter. John, thank you so much for the time, and we'll talk to you again, hopefully. Actually, that's Locked yeah. On LAC is the official Twitter handle. Got to get that one right. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I was about to correct you on that one. But yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me on again. This is always fun. Absolutely. You bet. Thanks, man. And tune in tomorrow, our weekly guest, Mike Sando of The Athletic, joining us right here on Locked On NFL.